So it's Pentecost weekend and I am, of course, thinking of the Holy Spirit. But I feel that we only talk about or even think of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost or at confirmations. But then what? Do you know that we should be praying to and praying for the Holy Spirit every day? You may feel a bit weird praying to the Holy Spirit. It feels much normal to pray to Jesus or God, the Father, but we need to pray to the Spirit. Praise the Holy Spirit. Ask for the Holy Spirit to come down as he did at Pentecost. Do you know that everything that happens, happens because of the Holy Spirit? The Eucharist is made possible because of the Holy Spirit. Actually, all sacraments are possible because of the action of the Holy Spirit. And the Church is alive and well because of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the cause of the birthday of the Church, and the Holy Spirit continues to guide the Church and the Pope and the bishops. We have to believe that. Otherwise, why are we Catholic? Every day, pray for and pray to the Holy Spirit. Pray that the Spirit continues to guide you and inspire you, and that the Spirit continues to guide and inspire the Church, as it did 2,000 years ago. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this is the Salt and Light Hour. Hello and welcome to another all-new Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro, and sitting here with me is Sister Marie Paul Curley. Sister, so good to see you. It's great to be back, Deacon Pedro. How are you? I'm good, thank you. You've you've made it successfully to almost the end of the Easter season here? Yes. I love Easter, but I love all the feast days that are coming up. Pentecost. So do I, and I always find that a little confusing, but I find that confusing because it's like we go into ordinary time and then it's then it's Trinity and Corpus Christi and and uh, what's the third one? I, I can't think of the third one. Um, all these big feast days that that I think should be part of the Easter season. <laughs> but it gives us a wonderful way to kick off ordinary time in a way. And also, yes. shouldn't the Trinity and the Eucharist just be part of our ordinary yeah, time? Not that, the, no. not that Easter shouldn't be. No, you're right. No, you're right. And in a way, I, I think that I, the more and more I reflect, I think I like ordinary time because it is because of the extraordinariness of the ordinary. Can I say that? Oh, yes, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> good. good. So, but we, we have to get through Pentecost first, and I love Pentecost too. Um, sister, today, Danny, Danny Torquia will be back, and, and Danny's been, oh. been doing his tips on, on what he calls rearing rebels. So he's bringing up his <laughs> children to be little rebels, um, and, and he's going to be sharing what he's been learning from a monk who's a friend of his. Um, so it's a little bit of the domestic church meeting the monastic church and, and how he's trying to make that work in his crazy domestic church life. I uh, love it. Yes, it's, it's, I'm looking forward to talking to him about this. So that's uh, Danny Torquia with Rearing Rebels in about five minutes after the song. And then, sister, you will be back with Windows to the Soul to a new film. Yes. Jewish. And we'll let people be curious about what that is. Can we, it's, can a, we, it's a good pick. Can we say it's a Tom Hanks film? Oh, that gives it away. Yes, absolutely. Oh, he's like in every film, everywhere I turn, <laughs> Tom Hanks. Was like, last year, Tom Hanks was in like four different films. So. He has been a very active, yes. Okay, Definitely so, a Tom Hanks film. <laughs> so Tom Hanks, Windows to the Soul with Sister Marie Paul Curley in about 15 minutes. And then, Sister, have you heard, since we're talking about films, have you heard of the film Nefarious? 
Not enough to talk about it. No, I just okay, heard a couple well, of references. Okay, yeah. well, good, because I will, I'm going to be interviewing the film co-directors, the, the producers and, and uh, co-writers, Chuck Konzelman and Carrie Solomon. So Carrie, Great. Yes, so the, they're the, the film team that brought oh, us yeah. Unplanned and That's God right. is Not Dead. Yes. Um, so the new film, Nefarious, which is kind of, okay, I'll give you the, the plot, the plot. Oh. On the day of his scheduled execution, a convicted serial killer gets a psychiatric evaluation during which he claims that he is a demon and further claims that before their time is over, the psychiatrist will commit three murders of his own. Um, So it's kind of like a Silence of the Lambs meets Mm. uh, The Exorcist. Yes. Um, But the whole film is a conversation between these two characters, the convicted serial killer who claims that he's possessed by a demon or that he is a demon mm-hmm. and the psychiatrist who's an atheist who's um and a fascinating conversation and i'm lo- really looking forward to speaking with carrie solomon and chuck konzelman about why they made the film it's based on a book um mm-hmm. and what their hope is for this book but both filmmakers are catholic yes and, and obviously I'm they're making christian films that's what they do so yes um so that's carrie solomon and chuck Conselman, the co-writers co-producers co-directors of the film nefarious in about 25 minutes we'll have that conversation great and then yes i i i, I thought you'd you'd be interested in in that one sister nefarious and then at the end of the show we're going to be reconnecting with a band uh from florida from miami epic uh, Carlos mm. Gonzalez is the band. He's a drummer and the band leader. We met them about four years ago, just after World Youth Day Panama. Um, they're a worship band, uh, but they've been writing new music and working on several collaborations. Um, so Carlos Gonzalez is going to join us at the end of the show to tell us all about that in about 40 minutes. And a reminder, if you're not going to be around to listen to the whole show because you're driving or, or something, be sure to go to our website, slmedia.org slash podcast to listen to the whole show. You don't want to miss Windows to the Soul for sure. Right, sister? <laughs> Definitely. And I, and I do the podcast. That's how I listen to, to the show. So yes, I do recommend of, it. It's a great. Lot of, a lot of people do. A lot of people do. You can listen to it whenever you want, however you want. Um, if you subscribe to the Salt and Light Hour podcast on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. So let's start with a song. Here is Epic the Band with their new single, In This Place. Come down 
down your burdens I'll lift up your face Open my That was Epic the Band with their new single, In This Place. And we're going to be speaking with Carlos Gonzalez of Epic the Band at the end of the program, so I hope that you'll still be around for that. And now it's time for... Rearing Rebels with Danny Torquia. Danny, who's been living the monastic... Domestic monastic life. The domestic. I love the the play on words. Domestic monastic. I was going to well, say that every time I look at you, I think your beard is getting longer because you're becoming more and more the monk. Oh well, there's always a reason to to sport a beard, but I do, I do it only every two years. So this is my time to grow the beard. Let's see how long it goes, Deacon. Let's see. Let's see the monastic. So tell me about that domestic monastic. Uh, yes. Uh, the meeting of the domestic with the monastic. Well, you know, I'm 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 one of those uh, Catholic Christians that that uh, you know grew up learning a little bit about monasticism, but only through like Saint Charbel, for example, or Lebanese or Desert Fathers, yep. and the Benedictines and all that, but but never really close up. And I, and I think um, I've been blessed, as I may have mentioned in previous episodes, that there is a monk, uh, a very humble monk, uh, building something interesting nearby. Yeah, um, and and he has. Um, so so we've been spending time with him and my wife reminds me that I am very much the domestic husband the domestic church here so yes. I, I I do want to glorify and 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 speak of the blessings of a domestic church and family but I think given the state of affairs in the world we do well to to see what monasticism can offer a, a humble lay family in this world okay and I'm interested in that but first, like monasticism has been around for so long it's so foreign from kind of the life life we live nowadays so why why would you say it's relevant like why do we even care about monasticism now for us in in families 
Well, after now eight years of courting this particular monk and 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 his community, yeah. I have to say the answer is um, at a high highest level that it offers uh, so many tips and practical uh, tools or or uh, a response to how to defend our family and our children from the ills and the difficulties in our world. So it's yeah. kind of like, of course, we want to go to the source and summit, summit of the of the church. We want to go to the weekly mass, if not daily mass when we can. But there's elements from the life of a monk that I think we can bring into our domestic church, which help ultimately parents live a holy life and stomp out or keep at bay sin and impart the tools and tips to the kids. Okay, okay. So I'm, okay, so tips. I like tips. Okay. What, what have you learned? Well, we, we've learned, first of all, um, things like, um, you know, our kids are really called to be leaders. So even if one is predisposed to be uh, shy, mm -hmm. even one, if one, whatever their talents, they're really called to be leaders. Um, th now, that's a difficult one to unpack, but something really concrete is, you know, we've seen this monk pray the divine office uh, or the breviary, and, and we're now doing that. Uh, trying our best, not not doing five, six prayers a day, but mm -hmm. uh, in terms of the uh, church's prayer, yes. but we're able to bring in morning prayer, uh, prayer at every single opportunity that we can, short prayers. That's the monk's teaching. Yeah. Uh, another last one, and then I'll, I'll, I'll love your feedback, is um, being able to, for example, uh, pray after our meals as well, so that everyone stays at the table, okay. we wait, and then we conclude our meal with a, a Thanksgiving prayer or a prayer from the Liturgy of the Hours, the breviary. Those are okay. some small tips. No, I was just curious what the connection was between helping our children learn to be leaders and praying the daily office or prayers well, from the Divine Liturgy, from, well, the, I think, from the Liturgy of the Hours. Yeah, well, I mean, the um, leadership, first of all, is obviously that our kids, I know, are surrounded by... Uh, they're like often our kids are minority, right? They they they're the they're the few. We don't hang out just in in circles of of weekly mass goers. We 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 definitely go out and and work with the majority of the world. In in this case, where I live, which so our kids have to have like a poly, basic knowledge of the charisma or okay. basic principles of the faith. And so the only way to do that is to um, follow the 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 liturgy uh, of the the seasons of the church and go deep into prayers on a daily basis so that at least they're they're familiar with what the what the church and all all its intricacies you know at a heightened pace okay so you're giving them one aspect of the universal church that maybe most kids don't don't even ever get to experience did you do, have you tried i'm curious about the the monastic silence that there's something about i mean every time i've been in a monastery except for the moments that are scheduled for speaking Right. Well, we 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 just went. Uh, we just learned. Uh, we, we're trying this at home, which is once a week, to identify Thursday night as a night where we're going to be silent during really? dinner. Okay. You you think that's uh, curious? You haven't done it yet, have you? We haven't done it yet. We just started it uh, this week. Um, but 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 the kids are open to it. They see that there's a lot of uh, arguments, tension, bickering. And so we're going to try to put some, you know, some some music, sacred music, um, and then be quiet Silence. once a week. Thursday is better than Friday because in our home we have pizza. We make yes. pizza on Friday. So yeah, I think that's going to yeah. – maybe we'll offer lentils or like beans, something humble uh, on, on Thursday night. 
um, and then go silent. Yeah. And of course, you know, managing our mobile smartphones, of course, at a oh, monastery, yeah, you, it's, you know, you keep the, the phone uh, separate and we're going to do the same at home. Um, and so there's lots of tips. And I, and I think we don't all have a monastery nearby, but I think reading my, my children have read the, the, the rules of St. Benedict or other monk monastery wow. type books. Yeah. It doesn't mean they understood it all. Um, but at least they're interested in it. Interesting. That's so fascinating. I, I, you know what, I remember when my kids were little, um, I, I, not that I did it very well at all, but I really appreciated the order of the monastic life that you have. Okay. We're going to, we're going to pray and then we're going to eat. And then for an hour, you guys have free play and then we work. Everybody has some work to do for an hour. And then we come back and there's some free time and then everybody has time on their own. And that was kind of like their quiet time, time, call it time out or whatever. And then we have another meal. And there was just something about ordering the day that well that I think for little kids actually was very good because it structured their, their day. And yeah. it made them, it gave them, it gave them, it, it made them feel um, secure because they knew what was coming. Right. So it gives them confidence, um, but it also um, made them feel safe. Yeah. And there's a time to play in that ritual, right? In that yes, regimen. Of course. Play, pray, play. work, play, pray. Yes. Nice. And, and I, I think that's um, that's how we slowly get our kids to pray or be in a state of mindfulness about God's uh, praising God, glorifying God and living in God's peace unceasingly, as St. Paul Fascinating. said. Fascinating. Fascinating. And and just in case people are, are, are thinking, what's the connection? We're rearing rebels. We're bringing our children up, not to be rebels in a negative way, but to be rebels in that they're different than what the world is proposing and and this is i love this danny this is such a such a clear concrete way to well to, to do to a little bit the church has a lot of uh you know the, the antidotes obviously yes. the antidote uh and preparing ourselves to be with christ and and live with him and and we're grateful to monks in fact one plug here Men and women should consider the consecrated religious life. Yes. Need more monks. We need great priests and religious, uh, sorry, and uh, deacons and, and everything at the parish. But we also, we also need, need these havens yes. uh, of uh, where people are uh, living under these vows yes. of, like you said, work, pray, uh, read, and they're yes. focusing. But they, yes. they also don't say no. They they help. They say yes to helping people. I, you know, I've sent, I've sent three people facing uh, separation, divorce to this yeah, monk. He'll... He'll take calls and he'll text, but yes. when he has that text time in his day. <laughs> the texting time. Anyway, this is super, super good. Very interesting. I hope people uh, uh, are interested enough to to write and send us their comments or questions. Um, Danny, thank you so much. Um, My pleasure, Deacon. Good luck with your silent Thursday. Well, we'll give you an update later in the summer. <laughs> all right. We'll hear all about it. Thank you. Danny Torquia. He's the managing director of Torquia Communications. You can follow him on Twitter. Send him questions on Twitter at Dan Torquia. And you can learn more at dialogueandgrace.com. Hey, this is Ali Alia, musician and speaker. And you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. Salt and Light TV is available on Roku and Amazon Fire. Just go to slmedia.org slash plus to find out how to subscribe. And now it's time for Windows to the Soul with Sister Marie Paul Curley, who has been sitting here patiently, smiling, looking anxious to talk about Tom Hanks. I, I, do I sound like I'm not a big fan? I, I hope I, I don't. Well, you know, he has done a lot in the past couple of years, and uh, 
sometimes I, no, you sounded like you were in, somewhat interested. Okay, he, somewhat. He's done, I, he's done a lot of different kinds of films. I'll put it, it is. that way. I just think every, everywhere I see Tom Hanks, I think, okay, really? There are more actors around. Like I find that he's been, you know, Mr. Rogers and he was, eh, it's like he's just everyone. Anyway, so w tell us about this film that you want to show us the windows to the soul. So I, I do, thank you, Deacon Pedro. I, I do think that this is a great film to watch with a, a very strong caveat or note of caution. Uh, a Man Called Otto, which does star Tom Hanks, and actually he's got competition on the screen, and I'm not talking about the cat that's in the movie. <laughs> um, I'm talking about one of the actresses. Okay. Um, but it's, it's a dramedy. So it, it's really a dramedy. It's really drama and comedy together. I think that there aren't too many movies that I consider true dramedies. This is one. And it could be very family friendly for families with older children. But uh, the note of caution that I want to start off, and I'll end my review with this as well, the film deals directly with suicide, um, with suicide attempts okay. in the film on screen. Okay. So if suicide is any kind of a sensitive issue, I do not recommend watching this film without a lot of support. I, I don't recommend sharing it with people. Point, yeah. Yes. So uh, it is rated PG 13, probably because of this. I think the trailer doesn't really show no. the seriousness of this, uh, this issue. Um, however, it does handle it very well, um, with actually with some humor, um, mm. which is very helpful, um, in putting everything in context. Uh, so, so brief storyline. It's a charming dramedy that deals with very powerful themes while really showcasing the quirkiness of human beings. Mm -hmm. um, it's talking about serious issues like the meaning of life, grief, and loss, but it's also talking about the power of love, the power of community. Um, and it's a, a comedic examination of how to live with difficult neighbors. Uh, the one caveat I'll have about that is that Tom Hanks is playing the, the protagonist, Otto Han Anderson, who is supposed to be very curmudgeonly and very, mm -hmm. and he actually is very unpleasant to his neighbors. Uh, however, it's Tom Hanks, so he, he's not quite as unpleasant. Yeah, that was as, my sense. That <laughs> as, was my sense just watching the trailer. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But he does say and do some things that really do kind of startle you, like, wow, that really is rude. Um, so it's the story of Otto Anderson, uh, who he's an elderly man who's recently lost his wife. And through her loss and many other tragedies that he's suffered, he thinks it's time to give up on life. And thus, the film begins with Otto buying supplies for his first suicide attempt. Each time he tries to end his life, something or someone interrupts him. Um, usually it's a small event. But it's so compelling to Otto that he engages with this interruption. Um, and these interruptions often come, the first one especially, comes from his new neighbors moving in, an immigrant family with two children and a father really lacking some practical skills. I can relate to the father because yes. I have that kind of issue. And a very pregnant mother, Marisol, who is not put off by Otto's grumpiness but manages to cut mm -hmm. through it uh, cut through his detachment, his desire to just stay away from everybody and everything because she's so brilliant and lively and charming and she just doesn't take offense at Otto. Uh, gradually through the film, we begin to understand Otto's sorrow, his reasons for, 
you know, determining to end his life. But we also begin to see a transformation take place because Otto, I mean, it's, it's a partly a generational thing I've seen in people who are older than me. Mm -hmm. Um, He just can't help himself when it comes to seeing something that needs to be done. Right. He just can't help helping. Right. So <laughs> artistically, this is quite a strong film with wonderful performances by the actors. It also has very strong writing. Now, I haven't read the novel, which I believe was written in, in Sweden. In it's Swedish. It's Swedish. Yeah. Uh, but I did see the original film adaptation, which is called A Man Called Ove okay. in English, um, which I actually like a little bit better, mm-hmm. in part because the grumpy the grumpy man is truly grumpy (laughs) and it takes a longer time to warm up to him um which if the transformation is going to work you kind of need to see that um but this is this tom hanks version is a worthy remake it's really adapted to north american audiences in some of the comments and everything so uh i would say that as a window to the soul Type of, this is definitely one of those kinds of films because it's really an invitation to remember that life is a precious gift. Mm. That's It's meant to be opened and engaged with in love. And that's what gives meaning and fulfillment and uh, joy to life. Uh, and that the transformation of the person that results in this giving of self is more precious even than the gift of life itself, I think, in many ways. Um, that, you know... The famous statement that Pope John Paul, Pope St. John Paul always wanted, you know, to bring up about we can only discover our true self when we are sincerely making a gift of ourselves to others. Yes. Um, that is really illustrated through this film. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I do, I do think it's a worthy movie to discuss and to think about. Um, but not appropriate for children, younger children. And definitely, I mean, it would be appropriate for older teens and and families that do not have a sensitivity around the issue of suicide okay a man called Otto, and i'm so glad we spoke because when i saw the trailer and i have not seen a man called Otto because of what you said i thought it's just a stereotypical you know grumpy man story that meets the generous neighbors and there's a transformation and i thought and i didn't think tom hanks was that grumpy enough it was like watching <laughs> geppetto trying to you know yes. so um, but so I'm glad I didn't know that the 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 film dealt with themes of suicide. That makes a huge difference for me um, yeah. in terms of the the uh, the message of the film um, yeah. or the yes. value of the film. But I do agree with you that it's not necessarily something for everyone to watch. Then no, definitely yeah. not. And yeah, so do I mean every every film that we watch, we want to uh, know what the themes are and yes. and and discern whether that's a film that's going to, um, you know, enliven us, draw us closer to God, be a, be a vehicle of grace, or is it something that's going to be too difficult to digest Okay, or just not the right time? Yes. Well, good. Thank you. I'm glad we spoke. And I hope that this is an inspiration for people to go and have a good movie night this Pentecost weekend. Um, thank you, sister. God bless. Oh, thank you everyone. And you're in my prayers as always. Sister Marie Paul Curley is with the Congregation of the Daughters of St. Paul, the Media Nuns. And you can read her blog at windowstothesoul.wordpress.com and also follow her at Sister M. Paul. Coming up in our second half hour, the film about demonic possession, Nefarious. And we reconnect with Carlos Gonzalez of the band Epic. So stay tuned. 
Hello and welcome to the Salt and Light Hour Part 2. I'm Deacon Pedro. On the day of his scheduled execution, a convicted serial killer gets a psychiatric evaluation during which he claims he is a demon and further claims that before the time is over, the psychiatrist will commit three murders of his own. This is the official description of the new film Nefarious, of the production team of Carrie Solomon and Chuck Konzelman, who also made the films Unplanned, God is Dead, and Do You Believe? The film is inspired by the novel A Nefarious Plot by Steve Dees. The film, like the novel, follows the conversation between the convicted serial killer and the psychiatrist who tries to determine whether the man is insane or truly possessed or whether he deserves the electric chair. The filmmakers, who are both practicing Catholics, say that the film takes the mask off evil and so... To find out more, recently I spoke with co-directors, co-producers, co-writers, Carrie Solomon and Chuck Konzelman. Welcome, you guys. Welcome to the Salt and Light Hour. Thank you for having us. So in your words, what would you say this film is about? Uh, it's, uh, well, at, at sort of the meta level, it's, a, it's about the battle between good and evil. Um, good in this case, uh, well... <laughs> It, 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 the audience sees uh, the film through the eyes of a of a psychiatrist who's sent in to do the eleventh hour uh, examination of the sanity of a convicted serial killer um, to determine whether or not he can be executed because the state will not execute you if you're insane. Uh, and then evil is much more directly represented by the character we refer to as Nefarious, and that's the name given by an entity who claims to be a demon in full possession of the convicted serial killer. So it's that battle between good and evil that takes place. Most of the film takes place over a table in one conversation. But I think it's important that your listeners, by the way, realize that it is not a demonic, satanic kind of movie. There's no bad language. There's no gratuitous sex. There's none of that. This is two guys in a room, one who says he's a demon, the other who thinks he's really, really smarter than everybody else. And so the bottom line is that you have more of the dynamic of, let's say, Jodie Fisher in Jodie Foster, Foster, uh, Silence of the Lambs, talking to... Uh, Anthony Hopkins. This is C.S. Lewis's Screw Tape Letters, a more mature version. Uh, right. Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. Okay. So, so you nothing just, to be feared. No, you're right, and I've heard that description. It's kind of Silence of the Lambs meets The Exorcist, but you're right. It's not really an exorcist film. It's and I'm uh, my background is theater, so I love the idea of a two hander. It's all about text. It's all about dialogue. Two guys talking and 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 about ideas. So let me ask you, Carrie. What I know that the the story is based on a novel, but what really inspired the two of you to tackle this subject to make the film? You know, Steve Dace came up with the book, and and uh, we I the idea that Steve had was a more realistic version of the Screw Tape Letters. Okay, and another one, no comedy. It was about a demon ranting on how he destroyed America and the world, etc. And so we said, you know. What if we actually made a movie and added, because that was just uh, in the book, it was just a rant by a demon. Okay. What if we made a movie and put a beginning, a middle, and end in a storyline in there, right? This could be really fascinating. Two guys. Character who is uh, Lord Nefarious, is is what he calls himself. And basically, uh, he's a lieutenant of hell, is what it really boils down to. Right. And we made him our opponent. But right. to make the, the answer for it is really simple. It's it, the Lord called us to do it. I mean, I, we we went right, we went left, and he's like, nice kids, 
get back to work. And, you know, we wanted to go do a Western or do this or do that or whatever, you know, and he's like, yeah, that's cute. Get back to work. And so, right. you know, all of a sudden, you know, we finally got, it takes us, we're from New Jersey and New York from Brooklyn. Yeah. Uh, so it takes us a little time to figure things out. Subtlety is lost on us. Yeah. And no. so you have to beat us in the head a little bit. But I appreciate, and again, it's like, you can, you can make, it's very hard to make a film about ideas. It's film is about relationship. And so you got two people here relating. So in that sense, it makes sense to make the devil or the enemy and this nefarious to making, uh, make him a, a person, a character. Is that the best way to think about the devil? Is the devil really a person, Chuck? Yes, he and all of his minions are 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 persons. Yeah, uh, in a very real sense, they they are uh, they're their own entities. They are the fallen angels, and so we don't understand them completely, but we they're 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 they they're sort of understandable as persons. They just have, they they have uh, supreme intellect, and uh, unlike us, and uh, part of what uh comprises what goes on in the film they had knowledge of god to start off with and chose willingly to reject him and by virtue of that their their damnation is permanent and irrevocable uh not subject to grace and forgiveness well, it's one of the things i think about the movies why we did the movie is we wanted to show the uh the average person who is lukewarm and whether there is a devil or not that look the enemy of mankind is the devil and that he is real and this movie will prove to you that he's real, uh, that there is good and evil. And God is not the the problem that you think you're having. The devil is the problem that you think you're having. So we put we drag the devil out of the darkness into the light in this movie. And we show truth to the audience. And I will tell you, it's profoundly affecting people all across the country. Yeah, I've, I've heard that. Uh, absolutely. Um, part, part of the devil's plan is to to make us think that he doesn't exist. I mean, that's that's the whole uh, the whole the whole part of the plan, but there is more to the plan. And in the film, you reveal Satan's plan. So, uh, Carrie, what would you say is Satan's plan? Oh, the absolute destruction of every single man, woman, and child on the face of the earth, so that they will not take uh, the seats in heaven that the Lord has appointed. You know, mankind is meant to replace the seats that were lost by the the fallen angels, and therefore, if he is successful in destroying mankind. The Lord can never fulfill that. And basically those seats will be left vacant and a whole multitude of things obviously will occur. But right. that's not, you know, I, I I believe that the devil is out of malice and hatred. Uh, you know, when you when it comes, he has no grace. So it's destruction. It's it's death. It's murder. It's it, lies. His destruction of us gives him delight and gives him joy because he cannot hurt because he's hurting god he cannot hurt god directly all he can do is destroy that which god loves which is right us. right but 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 it's not but it's subtle it's not like he wants to kill everybody he wants to kill life inside of us right well i think he wants to kill everybody but he's not allowed to kill everybody because if mm -hmm. he would he would have done it already i right. think what it is is because the lord nothing can the devil can't do anything that the lord won't allow but when people go out and sin they distance themselves from the lord it's kind of like you've seen this a million times in the national geographic video where the wildebeest or the lone creature from the herd gets siphoned off by the lions and then yep. what happens the lions attack that beast and of course he's 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 dead that's exactly what the devil does with mankind he he what does the bible say he's prowling the world like a lion looking for prey and while his host is doing the same thing we are in a battle i think that's a really important thing people need to understand devil is real 
even as even if you don't want to believe in him, he believes in the fact that Drew exists and that he will just try and attempt to destroy you. And from the moment of your moment of your conception, there are two places in the universe created for you. There's a place in heaven and a place in hell. And you will be you will ultimately occupy one or the other. And the mm -hmm. rest is all just the battle to determine which one. Mm-hmm. So you said, um, Carrie, you said that the film is touching a lot of people, and that's the same thing I've heard as well. Um, can the, is this the way we evangelize? Is this the purpose of this film? Like, can this film be used for evangelization? Of course. Of course. You know, look, we we're God fearing Catholics. Uh, we're devout. You know, we love God. We love the Virgin and and Saint Joseph, the saints, and well, you know, the whole the whole thing. Our guardian angels. Uh, this is ministry to us, and so what we mm -hmm. do. You know, we always say, if Peter, Paul, John, or James were here today, or any of the apostles, they wouldn't go door to door knocking on the door. No. They'd go out and make a movie or a yep. TV show because what happens is with this cell phone that I'm holding in my hand is a theater in the hand. You can mm -hmm. go to a billion people in about five seconds. And think about, you know, think about Jesus Christ. The best est estimate I've heard is that at the time of the crucifixion, he probably had an estimated eight to 12,000 followers. That's a reasonable estimate for how many people have decided he was he was who he said he was. Mm -hmm. He made more new followers than that on Friday night of the opening weekend of release of The Passion of the Christ. Yeah. We had more than that. For, and I happen to know one of them who's a world-class composer. He used to be an atheist, and now he writes music for Jesus. You know, yeah. so that it's 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 the power of this medium, and to take it one step further, you know, it's twenty it, it's twenty five hundred years since Plato wanted to ban drama from his idea of the perfect uh, society because it was just too powerful. It got people to act based yeah. on emotion rather than rational thought. And he said that that's just too dangerous. Well, our opponents, those who hold an opposing worldview, have understood that for a whole century. We're just slow getting to the table. Yeah. So maybe in closing, what would you say? I think I know how you're going to answer, but I'll let you say it. What is your hope for this film? Where are we going to go well, from first, here? First, I would I would like to say to all the listeners, when you look at the poster, you see what seems to you as a demonic or a satanic movie. We did yeah. that very much on purpose because it's not you, the, the faithful Catholic that we made the movie for. We made it for non-believers who were wandering aimlessly like the wildebeest away from the herd. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, we wanted to bring in 15 to 29 year olds because we basically wanted, they're the ones that need to see the truth, right? So we lure them in. So I would tell your listeners that this is not a demonic, satanic movie. There's no sex. There's no violent. Uh, there's no uh, uh, F-bombs or anything yes. like that. It's just a conversation. But it's so sobering and so powerful. Look, the truth needs to be told. And like I said, we bring the devil out of the darkness into the light. And we show his machinations and how he's, he tries. He is trying to destroy your soul and everyone else's soul. And that's the power of the movie is that it's truth. Look, the Lord had us do the movie. We we two guys from New Jersey. We don't. If you hear the dialogue in that movie, two guys from Jersey can't write that dialogue. That is the Holy Spirit. <laughs> we, we have a tough enough time understanding it. No, you're right, and I think that that's the same with all the films that you guys have done. It's like you do the work for some reason. God has called you to do this, and then God, the Holy Spirit. This weekend is Pentecost. The Holy Spirit will take that and do what blow what where the Spirit blows. So, um, thank you for for making the film. Um, Thank you for doing what you guys do. I'm looking forward to more films from you guys. And uh, thank you for telling us about it today.
Oh, thank you thank for you having for us. And God bless all your God listeners bless. too. That was a conversation I had with filmmakers Carrie Solomon and Chuck Conselman earlier this week. They are the team that brought you the films Unplanned, Do You Believe, and God Is Not Dead, among others. Um, they are the executive producers and co-directors of the new film Nefarious. You can find out more at whoisnefarious.com. Here now is Epic the Band with their new single, Agape. You are my light when it's dark The heat when I'm shivering The calm to the chaos You are my guide When I'm wrong Sometimes I turn to you And when I do You make me new And it's all because of your It's all because of your love And it's all because of your love And it's all because of your love I feel weak when I think of all that I have done feel strong when I think of all that I have overcome and it's not just me it's you living in me it's my word It's all because of your love And it's all because of your love And it's all because of your love And it's all because of your
That was Epic the Band with their new single, Agape. We first met Epic four years ago after World Youth Day Panama. Epic stands for Eternal Power in Christ. Over the last couple of years, they've written new music and have been working on several collaborations. And so recently, I spoke with Carlos Gonzalez, their drummer and band leader. Carlos, uh, welcome back to the Salt and Light Hour. Thank you very much for having me, Pedro. It's uh, it's been a while, right, since the it, last time we met. It's but, been uh, a while. It was just before, so it was 2019, just after World Youth Day Panama. Yeah. Um, and little did we know that the next three years was going to be <laughs> so different. So, so what were those pandemic years for you guys? Oh, it's. Uh, I mean, uh, for the last four years, three and a half years, basically, it's been. Yeah. A lot of changes, you know, um, as as members of the band continue to grow. Right. Uh, some of them got married. So two oh, yeah. of the good. band members got married. So uh, uh, so that that was good. Um, uh, but the reality is that um, during this period of the pandemic and coming out of the pandemic, uh, we saw a lot of changes. We saw mm-hmm. a lot of changes in, you know, in, in our world, uh, especially in the artist world, um, right. where in the past, pre-pandemic it was it's, it's a funny story but but you know it's something that we need to consider continue to consider um before the pandemic collaboration between catholic artists was very difficult you know everybody was kind of like in their own world yeah you know, in their own thing and you know the only way that you would hear about somebody was because of a conference they were doing or something like that um but then the pandemic hit and all of a sudden, you know, there were no more conferences. Yeah. Uh, basically, sure. there were no right, yeah, no concerts. Um, yeah, everything. No more retreats. None of the stuff that we are accustomed to do in order to, you know, put our name out there on the uh, on the street. Um, and then something changed. You know, we started talking to a number of artists, and everybody was in the same boat. They were saying, "Hey, look, so." We're looking for opportunities that we can collaborate, that we can produce, that we can basically, you know, uh, interact right. uh, only with our diocese over in, for example, in Minnesota. And now we can talk to the people in Florida and we can talk to the people over in California or Texas. Um, right. We started collaborating. I mean, this was a, a period of time that there was a lot of collaboration, a lot of uh, a, a lot of communication, virtual, unfortunately. Yeah, of course. Uh, but uh, but it changed. It changed a lot in some of the focus that we're doing. Interesting. So so some of the songs, then a, a lot of the new songs that we've been listening to are are, are would you say that they're all collaborations? So no. So um, out of the ones that you're listening, uh, one was a collaboration, uh, Fearless, okay. with uh, Dana Kathleen. So oh, yes. Dana Kathleen is an amazing singer. She is. She's I been on this program. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know Dana. Yeah. Amazing. I mean, uh, I had the uh, the privilege. She stayed over here at the house with the nice. band. She was here in, in one of the uh, the uh, the concerts that we did, um, and we collaborated with her. Uh, with her, uh, we have also done some collaboration with Ricky Vasquez. Oh yeah, uh, as well. Um, you know, and and we have been working um, not only on the Catholic side, but also you know uh, uh, Jordan Phyllis. I don't know if you have heard. No, so he's a new up and coming Christian artist. Okay, but from the 
from a Catholic background. Okay. And, uh, and he's, you know, he's an incredible human being as well. So, you know, it's, it's been, uh, it's been, uh, uh, the last few years has just been a process of collaboration. That, you know what, I've, I've been speaking to so many artists. I mean, every week I speak to somebody else and you're the first one to actually say that about the pandemic. But I think that, I mean, you're absolutely right that, that first of all, it's, it's so much easier to collaborate, like you said, with distances. I mean, Zoom has been incredible. And I think that's such a beautiful thing because I see our brothers and sisters of some other, you know, non-Catholic Christian mm -hmm. artists that are, that are, they've been collaborating, or I see some of the artists in Latin America and they're always, you know, Martin Valverde is always doing something yeah. with CISA in Brazil or like they're always collaborating. Yeah. And it seems that in North America, that's, wasn't that common. So it's good to hear that, that, that it's happening. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think, I mean, it's not like you guys are a Latin American, like you're not like a Latino band. I don't know if you still do mostly Latino ministry. I don't think you do. You guys are like a, an eclectic kind of mix of, I don't, I don't know what, <laughs> everything. <laughs> so, so do you find that, that the, the focus of the, the ministry has changed or are you still focusing on young people, youth, uh, uh, Latin American communities? Right. So, so the beginning of the ministry was directed into the youth, yeah. right? Uh, so the ministry started as a youth ministry uh, where we were server servicing our, our diocese and members yeah. you know, of the different dioceses over here in Florida by helping them on, uh, on retreats, you know, uh, confirmation retreats yes. and, and confirmation, you know, or just youth or young adult retreats. So we would participate by not only doing talks, but also we would do some uh, skits and then we will do music. Um, right. So, you know, the diocese or the archdiocese over here in Miami, um, kind of like the model that we were bringing into a lot of this, you know, retreats that we do, that we were doing. Uh, so all of a sudden, you know, we started getting calls and we started doing more work with the, with the diocese and with different uh, parishes uh, in, in, the, uh, in the area. And what was funny was that we usually do a survey, right, after the retreat, just to find out the things that we need to do better uh, for future retreats. And there were three things that most youth and young adults will put. The first one is adoration. They love adoration, you know, and, and for us, that was the most important one. You know, you nice. go to a retreat, but the most, yeah, you want to have, in, you want to, you want to make and take that moment to be right in front of the Lord and then doing the worship. So adoration was the number one. Two was obviously the skits because oh, yeah. this generation is all about visuals. You yeah. know, they love to see the things. And, you know, we had a couple of skits uh, that were uh, aligned with our music uh, and people loved it. Right. And, nice. and you can find them on YouTube as well. And then the third one was music. Yeah. Everybody loved the music. Yeah, of course. You know, and 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 those were the top three. And out of the top three, you know, they were all basically related because when we're doing adoration, besides you know worshiping there's the music, yeah. we're playing music. You know, during the skits, there's music accompany you know the skit because it it mm. kind of influence right. And then obviously the third one, the music was because it brings them to life. Yeah, so absolutely. We we saw that as an opportunity, and that's how the the ministry basically started evolutionizing i mean starting this evolution into a music ministry versus just a, a retreat uh, right i see and so does the does the 
or writing music come out of that? Like, do you see, because you, I, I mean, I don't, I think you guys probably enjoy being in a live setting, leading worship, being in the studio is a whole other thing. It's kind of fun too, but it's a whole other thing. So where do, where do you guys kind of sit w with that? So, so basically, I mean, the, the I remember and, and in a way they still do, uh, that they will spend three days out of the week just writing. Just reading, scripture, just reading scripture and then just everybody just putting a little bit here and a little bit there. And then at the end, bring it in into one song. Right. Mm -hmm. um, we were blessed to have one of our uh, our keyboard. Um, he's a professional musician. He works for uh, Warner Music. OK. Um, you know, he has been uh, nominated for five Grammys, you know, in the last five years. Uh, so he's a person that understands the music and really wow. brings a really nice beat. So when you hear our, our our music, you know, that's what makes us different. Yeah. The way our beat into the music and how do we mix the music with obviously worshiping. Nice, nice. So um, is the hope these these songs that we are listening today and some of the songs that you've been writing, are they part of a new album? Is there a new album kind of being put together or are you guys releasing singles? So we're releasing singles right now yeah. because of the, of the collaboration. You know, we we're trying to work on everybody else's schedule. Yeah, uh, that makes sense. You, yeah, if we wait for everybody's schedule, we will never come out with. No, that makes sense. And the way people are consuming, I think the music now it's easier to you know you put them on Spotify or or yeah. other platform, and that's how people are consuming yeah. it. Um, Carlos, I'm so glad we reconnected because you guys are doing really good stuff, and I still have to make it down to Florida, um, so we can hang out. Um, <laughs> Uh, and I know that you travel around a lot, you personally, for, for your work. So maybe we'll see you here in Canada. Um, say hi to the rest of the band and uh, looking forward to more of more collaborations between you and other artists. Um, thank you. Absolutely. We're looking forward to, uh, to being in Toronto someday in the future. Uh, we will love, the, the band loves to travel. So it yeah. has been a blessing and I really appreciate the time uh, to, uh, to bring us back again and, uh, and have this conversation. Amen. God bless and take care. Thank you. You can follow Epic the Band on Facebook and Instagram and stream their music wherever you stream your music. And to listen to this interview again or to hear the rest of the program, go to slmedia.org slash podcast. Here now is Epic with their new single, Fearless. The ground beneath my feet is shaking. Out of my control, I'm praying.
We're listening to Epic with their new single Fearless featuring Dana Catherine and that will take us to the end of the program. Remember that you can listen to our show at our website slmedia.org slash podcast but you can also listen to it as a podcast anywhere you get your podcasts. You can find me, Deacon Pedro, on your social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and you can email me, Pedro, at esomedia.org. Thank you for being with us today. Let's continue to pray for each other and take care of each other. Let's also pray for all to recognize evil in the world and for God to continue to triumph over evil. Let's pray for parents trying to be more monastic at home, for people to be generous to their neighbors, for those struggling with suicide and depression. And let's continue to pray for peace in Ukraine and in so many places where there is conflict. May you have a blessed summer. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this has been the Salt of Night Hour. <laughs>